Welcome to White Noise Season 2 Hey Celine, what kind of person can solve a Rubik's Cube fastest? I don't know, what kind of person can solve a Rubik's Cube fastest? Someone who's colorblind. <laughs> you know, there is there is a Rubik's Cube for like uh, colorblind people. Like there's a, someone designed one for people who are colorblind. Oh, because would it have braille on each color, for each color? No, that's for people who are visually impaired. <laughs> But I have that cube. Oh, right. Yeah. So wait, how do they do it for color? Do they, oh, would they have um, little symbols on each side? No, I think the shades are just kind of different. Like, um, yeah, they just look different to someone who isn't colorblind. Oh, right. Yeah, I suppose because like most people who are colorblind is, I like how we're now just unpacking the joke completely. <laughs> <laughs> someone who's colorblind is like, um, it's typically like one or two things, like red, green, for example. And it's like yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. They just confused colors. So for those of you who are listening who don't know that voice, uh, I'm joined today by friend of the show, Celine the Farmer Dharma. Uh, Josh has got a bit of a hectic week coming up. So Celine has very wonderfully given up some of her time to join me today. And I started with the Rubik's Cube joke because... When I said that I was doing a bit of Celine-specific research for this podcast, Celine shot back with the message being like, well, do you know what my world ranking in Rubik's Cubes is? <laughs> so, Celine, what is your Rubik's Cube world ranking? Um, I'm actually not entirely sure. It's probably gone down because the last competition I went to was the World Championship in 2019. Um, but I will double check that right now i think it's eight thousand something um that, that's that's still pretty impressive i, I guess in the top um well, there's like different ones so like there's two types of rankings so the one for three by three rubik's cube my world record ranking for like a single rubik's cube solve so like just the fastest solve you can do in an official competition is 8,875. But then yeah. they also have a ranking for like the average. So there's yeah. best of uh, like five solves. Mm. Then it's lower. So my world ranking is lower for my average compared to my single solve. Well, let's go with the single then because it makes you sound better. But that's roughly, yeah. that's basically one in a million, right? You're yeah. in the top millions of people. Wow, we have a one in a million Rubik's Cube solver with us here on the show today. Now, that is pretty cool. How did you, like, how did you get into Rubik's Cubes? So, yes, basically. <laughs> um, I was on YouTube one day, and uh, I, this was during, like, I think this was in 2012, 2013. And Justin Bieber was very, very popular back then. <laughs> and there was a, a You're video. You're still a bit of, him, of a JB fan, aren't you? No, Justin Bieber. I was never a fan of Justin Bieber. Were you never a JB fan? I was a Jonas Brothers fan. I, that's, a, that's a different kind of JB, I suppose. That's some of, that's the true JB. <laughs> some of some of the J- Justin Bieber's new stuff though is not bad. I haven't heard his new stuff. There you go. Maybe I should have assigned that as some pre-listening before the uh, podcast and we could do some. I'll listen to some. Maybe. (laughs) Anyway, you were were watching a YouTube video and and, and the believer was was big at the time. Yeah. So there was a video. He was on a Spanish television show and it says like Justin Bieber (laughs) solves the Rubik's Cube in like two minutes and 40 something seconds or like something like that. This is such like, like a niche thing to be. Oh right, as in it's one of those things that got like shared on Facebook that like him yeah. doing that. Because you watching like I, I, I was just thinking of the perspective of you watching some random Spanish daytime TV show with Justin <laughs> Bieber on it. I did not tune in to watch this TV show. It was, it just appeared on my one YouTube recommended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you saw um, this and you didn't like Justin Bieber. And so you were no. like, I can be better than him. 
yeah so i was like right i'm gonna solve a rubik's cube so i saw i like you know got my disneyland rubik's cube it had like mickey mouse on it and then i solved i mixed it up and then i solved it within like an hour and a half yeah not by myself but like i went on youtube and looked up a tutorial and then yeah solved it with that Oh, because you have to follow, like, you have to make, like, the J and the cross and all that stuff when you're going through and solving it, right? Yeah. I mean, it, okay, to be fair, it didn't 100% start with Justin Bieber. Someone brought their cube to school and then no one could solve it. And then I was like, I'm determined. Oh, yeah, you got to be, you're that kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's actually quite funny because that's around the exact time that my cousin, who lives in America, was really into Rubik's Cubes and he could solve it in under a minute. I don't think you could ever... Because what's your fastest time? Uh, Seven something. I don't actually know. It's yeah, so seven seconds something. Seven? That's insane. That's like, you know, if, say, I get distracted from doing my work and I just, like, look off into the distance for seven seconds, in that time, you could solve a Rubik's Cube. Potentially, yes. Not consistently, but... I like the idea of measuring all the things in, in your life by Rubik's Cubes. Like, if you go to the toilet, like, how many Rubik's Cubes was your toilet trick? Yeah. Like, sitting, <laughs> sitting there on the toilet, like, I saw the Rubik's Cube five times, you know? Oh, that's, that's a pretty quick That's a pretty quick toilet trick. That's a weird measure. That could be a unit of measurement. A Rubik's Cube solve, yeah. And it's specifically your Rubik's Cube solve as well. Yeah. I actually did that with, uh, so a few years later when I could solve the Rubik's Cube, I think in like under 20 seconds, I went back to the video that I saw of Justin Bieber solving the Rubik's Cube. And then mm. I recorded a YouTube video where uh, it was like, how many Rubik's Cubes can I solve when Justin Bieber solves one? And I did like <laughs> four, I think, three or four. Might have been more. I can't remember. That's pretty, of course, because you, you're a little bit of a YouTuber, aren't you? I have a YouTube channel, yeah. Do you want to give your YouTube channel a shout out for the listeners? I think it's just CADCube7. Yeah. C-A-D-C-U-B-E-7. Hit go and uh, you'll see stuff. I don't think it's Rubik's Cube based anymore. It's based off AMU vlogs. Yeah. Am I in? Because I'm in one of those vlogs, aren't I? Yeah. You're in the Valete one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which Valete is it? Our Valete. Oh, Alvin, we have a really nice photo of us from that Valete, actually. Yeah. Oh, that was such a good night. <laughs> so, one of the things that we're a fan of here on the podcast are BuzzFeed quizzes, right? I mean, our entire generation are fans of BuzzFeed quizzes. Did I tell you that my mum has gotten really into BuzzFeed quizzes? Like, No, you did not mention that. She spends... I can see why. <laughs> yeah. But like, I'll just, I'll just wander past and mum will be sitting there on her iPad just doing a BuzzFeed quiz. We like, I did this BuzzFeed quiz the other day. Um, but we, Josh and I have enjoyed one in past. It's a good way to get to know a guest. And so I've pulled up one specifically for you. And it mm -hmm. is answer some questions to see what kind of pizza you are. Okay. Let's do it. Because Celine loves pizza. Uh, and we've, we've made a lot of pizza together. Oh, yeah. We was a burnt some pizza together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's uh, just the one. I, like, you taught me how to make pizza, right? Yeah, you're Did the I? one. Who, yeah, you taught me how to make pizza, and pizza has become one of my favorite things to make. Okay. I'll take credit for that, even though I don't quite remember when I did that. <laughs> well, all the people who have experienced pizza because of me can thank you for that. Okay. Yes. All right. Thank me, people. All right, Celine, so this, this might make you a bit hungry. But what kind of pizza are you in the mood for? Your options are, so it's regular, thin crust, calzone, stuffed crust, cauliflower crust, or deep dish? What is calzone? So I think a calzone, a calzone being called a pizza is an interesting thing because I'm pretty sure it's like a, it's like, oh, no, it is an Italian so it's, you know, like a pastry, right? Like yes. a pasty. So a calzone yeah. is kind of like you take a pizza and you fold it over itself and to make like a pasty. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. I think I'll go with thin crust. Yeah, I was, I was going to say you're, you're quite a thin, a thin crust fan. But now I'm yeah. actually looking at like 
calzones. Basically just uh, like pasties, but with a pizza filling. Oh, As an, I'm, 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 I'm seeing one that's a, like a spaghetti bolognese calzone, which is like mm-hmm. such a, an Italian fusion. Oh, so basically it's crossed on top of a pizza in a way. Yeah. Have, well, have you had um, like Cornish pasties before? No, or I like have not. British pasties. So I suppose it's like that, but rather with pastry, you have pizza base. Um, mm. I yeah. I kind of want to make one of these at some point. They look they look fun. Yeah, they look exactly I, like a pasty. I reckon they'll be good for people who don't like the crust because it's like plain and there's no topping on them. Do you mean people who do like the crust? No, who don't like like you know how people leave the crust out? Right. Yeah, I don't really know why. I love the crust, but then I think that they leave the crust out, like they don't eat the crust because there's no topping on it. But then if it's calzone, there's technically topping inside. Oh, so there's topping everywhere. See, my brain yeah. was thinking, but then they're just holding crusts, so maybe they won't like it. But now I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, there's topping inside. So, well, I enjoy pizza dough so much that I basically, although it's not quite the same, but focaccia, right, is yeah. similar texture to pizza dough, bread-like. Mm. But I think focaccia is going to become my new pre, pre-run food because, like, I, I made some on Friday night and I just had this big thing of focaccia and it was so nice because it's basically just the dough and some herbs on top and, man, it tastes good. And olive oil, a lot of olive oh, oil. Oh, and olive oil. I tried to hold back on the olive oil because I was like, Okay, there's only so much I can put on before, like, like I can feel like my heart clotting with the, with it. Um, yeah, I like focaccia. Uh, yeah, because I remember again, like I I first saw focaccia with you, but yeah, thin crust. Because I remember making pizza with you. You're a big thin crust fan. All right. So next question is: Are you going to mm-hmm. share your pizza with someone? The options are yes, absolute, abs- obviously, hell no, maybe we'll see how hungry I am. Only if we get appetizers, no one wants to eat the pizzas I order, or sure, but we're going to order two. Ooh, interesting question. Hmm. Well, I don't think, I, I think this would depend on how big the pizza is, but I usually share. Yeah. So, yes, obviously. Yes, because I definitely can't finish an entire, I mean... Kate finishes my leftovers all the time. Every time we have pizza. Pizza is always that like it's, well, typically I remember doing pizza with you, me, Kate and Cherish. It's that you and Cherish eat your fill and then me and Kate get the, <laughs> we yeah, eat the rest. Yeah, you guys finish the rest, yeah. <laughs> We're the power eaters of the team. Yeah, definitely. For context, Celine is about half my size. We'll post a, we'll post a photo of me and Celine and because it's, because yeah okay I'm actually not half. you're not half my size um like maybe like three quarters i would say three quarters have i told you that my mum calls you pocket rocket yeah you have yeah <laughs> she'll be she'll be quite excited to hear that i got pocket rocket on the show this week all right so you're sharing your so you've got your thin crust pizza that you're sharing with kate um mm-hmm. oh what's the top you you hate capsicum on pizza don't you yeah, it's disgusting. Right. Yeah, because uh, I the other. Okay, so speaking of things that you find dis- disgusting, uh, you're gonna have to have something, pick something to have with your pizza, and your options yeah. are fries, salad, wine, breadsticks, cannolis, or cocktails. Like on the pizza, or just with the pizza? And just with the pizza, as in like you have the pizza, and then like you might have one of these things at the same time. So it's obviously you, not. I'm going to repeat, repeat the options. Yeah. So fries. Yeah. Salad. Mm. Wine. Breadsticks. Cannolis or cocktails. So I'm going to immediately rule out salad because you hate salad. Don't yeah. You? I just don't get the point it's, of salad. Explain your salad hate to the listeners. It's a dumb idea, honestly. I just don't understand why someone would eat a bowl of grass. Like, you might as well go outside and chomp on the grass. It's just so dumb. Like, 
why would anyone shoot like you know when you go to a restaurant for lunch i don't really know why you have i don't know if you have these in australia but in hong kong we have i'm from hong kong so we have these like lunch set menus and there's always like um a lunch set and you get like a you know a starter so you could get a soup or a salad it's usually a soup or a salad mm-hmm. i just don't understand why you would choose salad like it's just so dumb it's literally you can buy an entire lettuce for the, like the amount that you pay for the salad you can probably buy like 10 lettuces so i just don't get why anyone would choose the salad it's just dumb so your just problem is not with vegetable so your problem isn't with fresh salad it's with getting fresh salad at a restaurant which i agree like why would you go to a restaurant and get a fresh salad unless it's like a banging salad but like no salad is banging or I don't know, but like lots of you don't enjoy fresh veggies. I like fresh veggies, but I like them cooked. Well, then they're not fresh, are they? They are fresh if you get them from the wet market. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wet markets have done well in the last couple of years, haven't they? Um, yeah. <laughs> but like a fresh, a fresh. No, surely by definition, if it's cooked, right, it's not fresh. No, but it's still fresh. Like, fresh means it's, like, new, so it's not, like, leftovers. The vegetable is still fresh itself. When you, you've just cooked the vegetable, it's still fresh. I, just, I, I disagree. I reckon once you've cooked, it's no longer... What, what makes a vegetable, vegetable fresh? <laughs> I went to Google that, and the first suggestion was what makes a vegetable a vegetable? <laughs> I mean, it's... Like, it's a fresh vegetable. It means it's not been there for, like, a few days or something, like, left overnight or whatever. Right, yeah, I I suppose. So if I've had a capsicum that's been in the fridge overnight and then I have it the next day, it's no longer fresh. I would say it's not that fresh, no. But, okay, but most things that you get, like, the supermarket or the market, those vegetables have not been picked that day. Probably not, but it's still relatively fresh. Like the ones, I know that the ones we get from a wet market in Hong Kong, um, they're shipped overnight. So like they're picked, let's say like they're picked today and then by tomorrow morning, it'll be in the wet market. Actually, that's pretty good. Let's tangent into something. So um, because I made a joke about this earlier, probably like a bit disrespectfully, but Specifically, what is the def- what is the meaning of wet market? Because I feel like a lot of people like myself only heard, have only heard the term in reference to what happened with Wuhan. So what actually is yeah. a wet market? Definitely. Okay. A wet market compared to supermarket, a wet market is specifically for like uh, fresh foods. So like the food that you buy from wet markets are fresher. Like you oh, can so get fresh meat, fruit and veg, basically. Yeah. So you yeah. can get like, like the if you buy a fish from a wet market, they kill it in front of you. Yeah. So it'll still be swimming when you like choose the fish, and then you point at the fish okay. and you're like, "I want that fish." Okay. Um, yeah, we have we have places yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. Now I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I think I'd heard wet market, and the only like my brain just immediately jumped to, and I mean, this certainly says something about the way that media portrays these things, but like, mm. uh. The images of like you know all this like meat just hanging off hooks like dripping like bodily fluids onto each other like yeah um, which i suppose is part of it but also yeah not all that's of it. essentially yeah. what it is like right. there's definitely a meat section with a lot of meat hanging around yeah yeah but there's also a vegetable section so you're not yeah. getting salad um no you, it's a real range because it's like fries and breadsticks, which are sides. And then you have wine and cocktails, which are drinks. And then cannolis, which are, I feel like are absurd. Did Maybe you get my cannolis? Did you get my Snapchat the other day about cannolis? Yeah. Maybe because cannolis because I want, I want to try them. Like, they look decent. See, uh, that's, I mean, that's, that's fair. But I also just think that you've, you've, you've messed up there because... Because because it just didn't taste that good when I had one. Like I had at at English Farewell Girls these amazing like um, uh, cheese boards that 
a family friend, one of his family friends had done. Uh, I think what's their what's their name? I'll, I'll I'll say what their Instagram title is because they they deserve a shout out because it was it was really good. Um, but yeah, it was just that was the the one thing was that I don't know. I was like cannoli is just like it's do, 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 do. not cannoli. But what else? What would you choose? Because I think I would either choose cannoli or like fries. I think because I don't really want to drink wine or cocktail with pizza at local cheese lady was the name of the place that did the the, the platter at local at, cheese lady yeah uh, but it was just tasted like cream like whipped cream but like not even that sweet so maybe it was like um i don't know what i was expecting i think the problem was i looked at it and it looked like ice cream so i was expecting the taste of ice cream and i didn't get that flavor i see what i would go for if i was going for one like, don't worry, mm. I've cooked cannoli for you. But I think mm. I would probably breadstick or salad. Probably breadstick. I'm just really glad you didn't choose salad. Like, it's, I, if I, okay, if I was doing it at home, if I was having people over for, and I was making homemade pizza, I'm, I'd maybe make a salad to go with it. I wouldn't buy salad out because buying salad out, yeah, you're right. just feels like a waste of money. That being said, yeah. I don't really get food out. So, like, Okay, that's fair. I get that. But I just don't get, like, salad culture. I don't know if it's, like, that similar in Australia, but in Hong Kong, the salad culture is ridiculous. It's so expensive and it's ridiculous, I think. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure we have a similar thing as well. All right, so yeah. you've picked cannoli. Uh, and then and the next question is, what's for dessert? So you're following up your pizza and cannoli with more dessert. So your options are ice cream, Brownies, mm. churros, mm. cinnamon buns, donuts, or coffee? Okay, not coffee. Probably not donuts or cinnamon buns because I'd be too full for that. Probably ice cream or brownie. Um, you know what? Let's go ice cream. I like how you... I'm interested to hear that you've found, like, you thought cinnamon buns and like donuts, you'd be too full for those? Yeah. I suppose cinnamon buns are somewhat filling. I mean, you've just eaten an entire, I don't know, huge pizza, which is a lot of dough, like a lot of bread. Oh, true. These things are also like very bready. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then churros. you're eating more bread. <laughs> I suppose churros, churros, though, they're just sugar. So they're not that filling. Yeah. They're just like, they're just sugar and ice cream. True. It's just sugar and milk, yeah. Coffee, mm. coffee as a dessert seems seems wrong to me. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not a big coffee drinker. Yeah. So. Do you drink I don't coffee? like coffee. I don't. I don't drink coffee. Yeah, I don't think I've seen you drink coffee. But yeah, coffee is a. I suppose some people have like decaf coffee as a dessert. Oh, uh, yeah, I've never tried decaf coffee, but um, I like uh, I like milk tea. I feel like I feel like having decaf coffee as a dessert is the same kind of person who'd be getting a salad. Very boring. Yeah, yeah they're, the, they're the boring. Not, not that us. would be the lunch, a coffee and a salad. Thus, we're having, we're having cannoli and ice cream, and that's freaking awesome. Yeah, I think that's a much better option than salad and coffee. All right, so what do you do after eating your pizza? Do you sleep, watch a movie, go for a walk, go to your friend's place, Go shopping or listen to music and dance? Uh, either or. This is hard. Now, I would think that I was eating the pizza with someone. Yeah, like, to be honest, I'm kind of assuming that we're doing the pizza as the fellas. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm saying. <laughs> but whose place we would go to? I mean, I, I guess we did have pizza. Well, not pizza, but we had pasta. And then we went to Cherish's house. So I would say probably go to a friend's house. I oh right, you're because you're thinking of your last night in Canberra, hey. Yeah. Because we did I, I mean it wasn't the last night in Canberra, was it? Yeah. Your last night in Canberra was with us, remember? No, I remember but I was thinking, was that the last night in terms of when I went to Shanghai or oh, was that Oh yeah. 
either way, we end up at Cherish's place because we have that photo taken at Cherish's place when Cherish had gone oh, out yeah. for something else. <laughs> That's right. We also yeah. made pizza at mine, but I don't think that was like your last night. But yeah, go to a friend's yeah. place. Seems to, basically, go to Cherish's house is what we would do next. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Go to a friend's house. The Oh, the question, the next question is, do you eat all the pizza? Uh, yes, I'm hungry. I save some for tomorrow. No, and I don't save the leftovers because I hate reheated pizza. Yes, but only because I'm sharing. I couldn't eat a whole pizza by myself. Sometimes I finish it all, sometimes I don't. No, I just want one slice. You're the yes, but only because I'm sharing. I couldn't eat a whole yeah. pizza. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, we're at the we're at the end. Do you want to know what kind of pizza you are? Yes. Is, what pizza is, am I? You're a deep dish pizza. I'm a deep dish pizza, like the yeah. one with the really thick crust. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that deep dish. So I've never had really oh. had deep dish pizza. Ah. So what? So like, what is deep? So it's just yeah, really thick so crust. The, like the really walls thick are really crust. high. Yeah. And I've like, had it before. Oh, so is it thick on the bottom as well? Yeah, so like it's just the crust is just super thick. Wow. Okay, so it's just like extra bready. Because all of them look, they almost look like a bolognese inside a pizza. <laughs> um, it's like what all of them look like, to be honest. Uh, deep I feel dish. like you'd want a really, like you couldn't margarita deep dish, I don't think. No. You need, you need a, something topping heavy. Yeah, you need it's a good tell you what, it it actually be really good for homemade pizza because I feel like, for example, I'm thinking about the times that we've done homemade pizza. You always put too many toppings on, right? Yeah. Maybe you should try deep dish pizza next time. Yeah, that's the deep dish pizza is the is the secret to success to avoid topping yep. overload. There we I mean, go. Got, we don't know when that will be, but <laughs> that'll be planned. See I might make myself pizza tonight, purely okay. based on this Zoom call. Oh, I'm going to have pizza tomorrow, maybe. Yeah. My 23rd. That'll True. That's the other thing is to, we're recording this the night before your birthday. Yeah. Yeah. You've been telling me about this pizza, this, this dinner you're going to for your birthday. What are you doing for your birthday? Um, so the dinner's not tomorrow. The dinner with my friends here is next week because... Apparently everyone was busy on Friday night. Um, oh my God. You mean they weren't prioritizing your birthday above all of their other social commitments? Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like you only nah. turned twenty third once. Yeah. Sorry, twenty three in one day. How, how how rude of them. This is why your Australian friends are better. You know what? That's a very fair point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're just going out for pizza. <laughs> So we're doing pizza next week and pizza this week. Nice, nice. Yeah. There's no yep. such thing as too much pizza, to be fair. No. I mean, I haven't quite decided if I really want pizza tomorrow because I know I'm getting it next week. So I might go for uh, burger. Ah. Uh, there was – oh, see, I could have – the other one of the other BuzzFeed quizzes was like, do this quiz and we'll tell you if a you're a burger or a pizza. <laughs> but I feel like – you're a pizza more than a burger. I'm a pizza, yeah. Purely because you like making pizza. Yeah, it's so fun. The dough is like... Oh, kneading dough. Yeah. I once cathartic. Said, I once said to my mum that kneading dough is my happy place. Yeah, not going to lie. I agree with that. <laughs> Alrighty, so Celine, I did ask you to do a little bit of prep before today. Uh, even though yeah. you were being an amazing friend jumping in very last minute i was like you're gonna have to do work yeah. one of the things that i feel like i know you for and you are known amongst us for is your ability to go on a good rant <laughs> so and i do enjoy a good celine rant so i essentially asked you to prepare a rant for me uh yeah. so what what rant do you have for today okay well I, had to, I didn't really have to think about this one, but this is the most <laughs> obvious topic, I think, because I've been complaining about this for the past nine months. <laughs> and there's a reason for that number. If, uh, and she's, not preg she's not pregnant, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's a good point. 
Because <laughs> the setup you gave there, specifically no, when you were... <laughs> Well, what else takes nine months that is not a baby? I actually it don't know. Of, it's a home affairs visa. It is the time that it took for me to get an Australian graduate visa. Nine months. So Nine. For, so for context for listeners, Celine completed her undergrad at ANU with me. And how long did it take you to get your visa for your undergrad? Like a few weeks. Yeah, it's a, a few weeks. Uh, my, my visa to go study in the UK took me only a few weeks to get, but it took yeah. you nine months to get your, your visa. Yeah, nine months for a graduate visa. So talk us, you know talk us through. Okay, so I submitted it on, I think it was late October in 2020. Yeah. And I got my visa, I think last month, not even last month, a few weeks ago. It took <laughs> nine months and three days exactly to get my visa that's, that's a baby asked, your visa is your I, baby i was born premature it only took me eight months to come out the womb. <laughs> you came out the womb quicker than your visa came from australia exactly it was ridiculous it just took forever i was on the phone forever and i just don't understand why it took so long so when i first applied in october of last year um the processing time said it was six to seven months something like that and then in the middle of it like i think we were uh six months in six or seven months in they changed the processing time to eight to nine months like that's just unfair how can you change the processing time in the middle of processing that's like changing um an exam question in the middle of an exam it's just dumb and ridiculous and home affairs actually you joke but i had an exam where they changed the time of the exam halfway through the exam Oh my god! That's, it was see, really that's just unfair. That was, it was oh, oh don't, don't, don't get me started. That's it's just ridiculous, and it shouldn't happen, and it's dumb. I think it's dumb. So do you know? Do you know why? Things. Do you know why it took? So wait, they asked you for some of the most ridiculous things. Yeah. So what did they ask you for? What are some of the ridiculous things you had to do for home affairs? I had to get. An English language exam. Oh, this, oh, this whole thing. Oh, this was hilarious. So it was because, ridiculous. Because do you want to do you want to give you, your perspective? Because you were you on the your, receiving end. Because you did your IELTS what like how many years ago? Uh, like over four five years, years ago. Yeah, like before five you, before years you ago. Yeah. did your undergrad. Yeah, but December twenty fifteen. But you grew up speaking English. I grew up right. speaking English. Yeah. It's my first language. Yeah. And the, mo- the other ridiculous thing is I did the, in high school, I did the GCSE, which is the General Certificate of Secondary Education. And I also did the IB. Which and, is all the British system. Yeah. Like, the IB is more international, but I did it in first language English. Yeah. And so like, like in- oh. English is objectively your first language. Like, no shadow of a doubt. But then it's their reason was... I don't get it. And you have I a university really degree from ANU, which means yeah. that... And to do that, you also, again, like, had to do IELTS and stuff like that. So why yeah. did they require you to have proof that you could speak English? I don't know. I mean, I gave them my ANU transcript saying, like, look, I graduated <laughs> from, like, your top university... Well, one of the top universities, if not the top university... I'm like, why do I need to give you my English? Why do I need to give you an IELTS or some TOEFL exam? It's just ridiculous. And like this, okay, this GCSE, those who don't know what GCSE is, it's, I did the same middle school exam as students in the UK. So like, they're doing the exact same exam as me. And, but if you have a British passport, you don't have to submit an English um, exam or something equivalent to that. It's just so and, dumb. I did the same exam as them. I probably fact, got better grades than them. <laughs> you did IB and there's people who do that in high school in Australia, right? So like yeah. you did your same final years of high school as people in Australia. And, oh yeah. Or it was oh, like when I was when I was applying to England, they when I gave them my ANU transcript, they were like, Yep, your English language requirement is satisfied by doing uni at a 
uni that speaks English. Oh, actually, yeah. I think also being from Australia also helped. Yeah. But, but yeah, they were also like be from a country that speaks English as its first. What is the first language of Hong Kong? Well, we have three official languages. So it's English, yeah. Cantonese, and Mandarin. Yeah. English like, again, is an official language. English is an official language of Hong Kong. But I do get it. Like, if they don't accept English from someone from Hong Kong, I do get that because not everyone in Hong Kong speaks English. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you, I would say you a majority had, do, doesn't. But you had mountains of proof. Um, yeah. And so, but then obviously this test was this test was somewhat a little bit stressful, right? Because you know, like, obviously oh, yeah. you can speak English like like because you speak english but yeah. <laughs> i'm trying to I, I i was trying to word that in a way that was like you can speak english fine i was, I was trying to word it in a way that didn't sound like the thing <laughs> that, like the classic thing that international students get told about speaking english <laughs> because it's just like it's but it's so dumb because you speak oh my god <laughs> and like but i remember you being somewhat stressed about this test because it was kind of yeah. like which kind of makes sense, right? Like, I suppose if I had to do a test, testing whether or not I could speak English, I'd be a little bit worried because it's like, I, it's almost like studying for it feels weird because I obviously don't actively think about studying for English given that I speak it every day. Yeah. I mean, it's different because, so when I did the IELTS, I didn't do so well in the written exam because... The type of writing that they're looking for is different from the type of writing that they look for from first language English exams. Like it's a different concept that they're sort of looking for. So for like first language English, you'd be looking at creativity and stuff like that. For the other one, they just honestly just want you to have right grammar and things like that. Oh, that's right. Because if you learn English as a first language, you tend to have terrible grammar because yeah. you, you learn it like from a communication perspective it's like when any language you learn as a second language you tend to have better grammar than the people who know that language the first language because you're learning it more rigorously than whereas we learn it passively from say our parents yeah definitely oh so because when you were doing ielts for example your first language skills were being compared to people who'd learned it as a second language yeah ah okay that is actually kind of interesting mm. Yeah, so like it was weird. The IELTS I, exam was the like honestly the most useless four hours of my life. Did you study for this for the so are you you so it was four hours the one you recently did or the one you did five years ago? Uh the IELTS was the one I studied for. Oh no, wait, yeah. sorry, I didn't study for, and that was the one I uh that was a four hours one. Yeah, yeah. And I did not study for IELTS. I literally just walked in and did it. Yeah, because you can speak English. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's why you just yeah. walked in. So there was the so was the kind of six month wait, and then there was mm. the whole uh, like English debacle. Were there any other like random shenanigans that happened in this nine month uh, um, endurance fest with Homer Fest? Oh, you not really. I think I was. Uh... It was mainly the English language issue. So I they I think after six months and a little bit, um, or like seven months and a little bit, they uh, reviewed my application and then they said that I needed an English language exam. And yeah. then I got in touch with Katie, who was our head of hall. Um, she so like former employer, I guess in a way. And then I got mm. my uh, supervisor, my clinical educator. So I'm currently studying at the University of Sydney in a Master's of Speech Language Pathology. And oh, yeah, I got that's, my the other, supervisor. that's the other thing that you should say. So you right? started you started a master's oh. at UCID in like in February of this year or March of this year, and you are like you've been doing a master's the last six months, and they were like asking you for proof that you could speak English, even though you were. Not only did you have an undergraduate degree, you were six months into your UCID master's. Exactly. Like who? I'm literally providing speech therapy to the children of Australia. Yeah. Do they really think I can't speak English? Yeah, you studied, because you studied linguistics as well in your undergrad. Hey, you literally, yeah. like, your whole thing is speaking and how to speak. 
and they're oh like, no, nah, she can't. She she can teach how to speak English to our children, but she herself, I don't know if she can trust English. Speak English. Oh my god, the whole experience was just ridiculous. It was the worst. And the worst thing was, um, so I got a travel exemption, which is like the thing that you need to get into Australia currently because of COVID. And then I find I called them up. I called Home Affairs. I've been honestly, I've spent so long on that phone. Um, and the lady was just like, yeah, I'll chase it up for you. I'll, like, I'll chase up your visa. And then they're like, yeah, we need your English language exam or whatever. And then they told me that like a week and two days before I was supposed to fly out to Australia. Yeah. So you can tell how stressed I was trying to find an English exam in the next <laughs> few days and get the results within the next few days. Like it was crazy. Um, yeah. But I mean, my flight got cancelled in the end. But you know, that was stressful. I spent half a day looking for English exams, and I finally found one that um, gave results to you in like an hour or so, or like within three days. So I was like, "This is the best we're gonna get." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And of course, and of course, you're still in Hong Kong. So this is like an ongoing thing, like trying to get over to get to Sydney for your studies. Like it's oh, just yeah. kind of your yeah. Oh. Anyway, I think we, we've squeezed a lot of juice out of that. Um, but thank you for sharing with the listeners one of your classic Celine rats. No problem. If anyone works in home affairs, fix that. <laughs> All righty. So, Celine, this next segment is called Keeping Up with the Inga Brigstons. And so, so far, we've covered off your love of Rubik's Cube, your love of pizza, and your hatred of home affairs. I wanted to tap back into one of your other loves, which is running. In particular, we were talking about the, the 1500 meters event the other day, and you mentioned, mm. uh, and Jakob Ingebrigtsen won the 1500 meters at the Tokyo Olympics. And you yes. were like, I knew Jakob was going to win. Uh, and you were mm. talking about Jakob as in, it was like, he was like your bro. And so yeah. what, who are the Ingebrigtsens? Like, do this picture about them. Okay, so the Ingebrigtsons, they're just, they're, there's several siblings. So it's just a family from Norway. Um, and I think three of the brothers are runners, like professional runners. They're pretty fast. Um, and yeah, they're just fast runners, I guess. The youngest brother who runs professionally, um, Jakob, uh, he won the 1500 meter uh, race in uh tokyo mm -hmm. and yeah he's just been a hype since he was like a teenager i think when he was like 13 or 14 he was already super fast and there was like a lot of expectation for him to perform um and yeah he did it and i was really happy and that's it, it, and, and was that in the because there's this documentary called team inga brixton is that on on netflix or like um no it's if the whole thing is in Norwegian, I don't think they've translated it. So it's just oh. like on YouTube with so you how, turn on the captions. How did, so that's how, how did you find this documentary? Because you've raved about this documentary. Yeah, I don't really remember how it came about. I think I was just like looking at running stuff. And then yeah. um, Jakob was obviously a really is a popular guy in the running community um, and like track and field at least. And um, I think I just came across a video of him running and I was like, this is cool. And I just continued watching. And then I think it was like the documentary just was recommended on my YouTube page. And then I watched it and I was like, this is cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I continued watching it and got really into it. So can you, so I, I did a little bit of research and stuff before this. So there are seven Inga Brixton children. Uh, yeah. Can you name all seven or do you want to have a crack? I'm pretty sure I can name all of them. All right, go. Like just the siblings, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's the eldest one is Christopher. Yeah. Um, and then you have Henrik, who is the first brother who ran. He came fifth in... So for context, uh, Christopher is spelled K-R-I-S-T-O-F-F-E-R. -F -F it's like Norwegian. Yeah. Christopher. So he doesn't yeah. run. He doesn't run. Um, he's, the lame, he's the lame one. He does a lot of bike pacing for Jakob. Um, oh, that's awesome. On the track. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's he does a lot of bike pacing. Um, then we have Henrik, who he came fifth. 
in the 2012 London Olympics in the 1500 meter race. That's correct. And he was the first, he was the first, uh, Inga Blixton to go to the Olympics because there's been an Inga Blixton at the last three Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. He's the eldest brother that runs. So you have Christopher, then Enric. And then you have Philip. Philip. Yep. He also runs. Because he also went to the Olympics, Sydney, in 2016. Yeah, I think he got disqualified at some point. Yeah, do you, yeah he got DQ'd. Do you know how? No, I don't actually know the story, but... Oh, because um, I didn't research that because I thought you might know. <laughs> I don't know this, but it was mentioned in the documentary, but um, that particular documentary that was uploaded onto YouTube did not have subtitles, which <laughs> means that I did not understand it because it was in Norwegian. <laughs> So wait, so because the documentary series, it's a series of them, isn't it? So yeah. that episode didn't have subtitles. Yes, that episode so, did not have subtitles. So hang, on, hang on. So you watched an entire episode of a documentary in Norwegian? Uh, yeah, more or less. I just looked at the <laughs> pictures. <laughs> well, did, you, did you understand what was going on? Like sort of, like some of the words are similar and you can sort of like look at what's happening um, obviously this, when they have like clips of them talking about their experiences that I didn't understand, but oh, cause I, it's just a Norwegian dude sitting in a chair. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I can tell they were talking about the Olympics. Um, but I don't, yeah, they talked about it and I don't know why he got DQ'd, but it was, I think it was controversial or something. I don't know. There we go. Well, maybe, maybe we'll follow that up next week and we'll, and I'll, I'll, next week I'll probably be recording with Josh and I'll bring out, oh, just a follow-up from last week. This is how Philip Ingebrigtsen got disqualified from the 2016 Rio Olympics. And he'll be yeah. so confused. <laughs> I'll have to follow it up. Uh, the other yeah. thing about uh, Philip is that in 2018, uh, he was the first European to win a 1,500-metre medal in 14 years when he won, came third at the World Championships in England in 2018 oh, wow. which was, i did not know that yeah i think i did i did some digging Good so you so you've got yeah so um and then obviously jacob jacob then also won a a world 1500 meter medal when he won gold at the olympics uh yeah. so we've got christopher henrik philip and jacob and uh, no you know the, no jacob doesn't come next it's martin oh, oh i haven't put them in order those are just the ones you said yeah martin tell me about martin Martin does not run. Um, I'm <laughs> and sure... therefore not interesting to us. <laughs> <laughs> I think Martin, um, Martin, I think he got married recently. Um, but um, Martin, I know this because of Jakob's Instagram. Not <laughs> it's just on his Instagram. Um, yeah. Martin doesn't run. He gave up running. So... I think when they were young, um, all the brothers, like including Martin, so Martin and above, they used to do roller skiing in the car park um, when they were younger and they were like trained before they go to school. Um, Mm. So they all did roller skiing when they were younger and I think Martin quit, but then he used, they say that he's really good at football um, and he played football. So like football as in like soccer. yeah. Why do you put on so that gross American football. accent when you said soccer? Because soccer is just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I actually haven't prepped anything to do with soccer for this episode. That's the one thing that I haven't. There's no Liverpool chat lined up. Well, that's right. We'll get you. We'll get you back rip. on for an entire episode all about Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. So that's Martin. Um, hmm. He does good football, I think. Martin and then and then it's Jakob then it's Jakob mm-hmm. and then do you have the other two siblings names Ingrid and William so there's one daughter and six sons yes jeez yeah that's kind of that's kind of intense I'm pretty sure Ingrid is runs but she's not like professional I think she's only like 13 or 14 oh right so Ingrid Ingrid and William are both younger than Jakob yeah like there's quite a large gap I think in terms of age like William and Ingrid there's a large gap 
how good would it be if, because there's been a, a Inga Britson at the last three Olympic Games, how good mm. would it be, like, how many subsequent Olympic Games there can be an Inga, Inga, am I saying that right, Inga Britson? I think it's just Inga Britson. Inga Britson. How cool would it be, like, how many successive Olympic Games do you reckon they could have Inga Britson at? I reckon Jakob could do the next one. Uh, I don't know about Ingrid. I don't actually know how old she is right now, but um, wait, Jakob's currently 21. Tw- yeah, because he's, he's turning 21. This year, yeah. I had a look at, he's younger mm-hmm. than us. Yeah, he's two years young. Well, he's two years younger than me. And he's he also, than also has a, he's a little bit of a baby face. Yeah, he does. <laughs> like I, I, I looked him up. Like he does look a little bit like a high schooler, and then his I mean, media photo is definitely like a, like he looks a bit older at the Olympics, but his yeah. Wikipedia photo, big baby face energy. Yeah, I still think he like has a baby face in a way. Like in some, some ways, he still has a baby face. Yeah. There's also there's also a photo of Jakob Henrik and uh, and Philippe uh, at uh, Berlin 2018, some like world champs, or, and like and Jakob oh, is European... wearing his, yeah, and Jakob's wearing yeah, the Viking, Viking helmet. helmet. Yeah, yeah. Although I really, I really just like Henrik's mustache. Yeah, it makes him it's look iconic. so old. Um, that picture is from the European Championships in 2018. Jakob won the race, and uh, it was a 1500, and it was unexpected. I think he was 18. Yeah, that would that checks out. It's, so this is clearly a very iconic photo because I all I've done is describe it to you, and you know yeah. exactly which photo I'm referring. Yeah, to. yeah. <laughs> I've seen and the that, picture. And it's their dad who coaches them. Yeah. You're- yeah. Yeah. What's his name, sorry? Yurt. Uh, Yurt. G-J-E-R-T? Not to be confer- confused with Yurt, which is the Mongolian tur- 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 tent that we have around. <laughs> I accidentally said Mongolian turd. Mongolian tent that is around ANU. I had no idea it was called that, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> what makes his dad, their dad such a good coach? Like, what's special about really... their dad? I don't really know. Um, we were like a lot of us were interested because obviously they're a family of runners. Like there's three of them at least, and you and like their dad is their trainer. So obviously people get curious. Like, is it is it due to like family pressure or is it like they're because they want to do it themselves? Um, we so we watched it and obviously I think that it definitely started with the dad sort of like getting them to train. Um, especially at the start when they were all like younger boys and they were doing roller skiing in the car park before school. A lot of people agree that it's sort of half and half. Like at, when they were younger, um, it was more the dad or, you know, you train, but I think he was getting them prepared so that they can, you know, they have a choice in the end. So like they've mm-hmm. trained all these years and then they can become professional <clears throat> athletes. Or they can stop and just, you know, not go down the athlete line. Yeah. Um, Pull a Martin, as the saying goes. Yeah. So <laughs> I think it's a bit of both, especially when they get older. Um, the dad does ask the kids, um, do you want this or do you not want this? Like, yeah. And I think that he trains them hard, but I think that when <clears throat> one of the kids say, yes, I want to do this, um, they have a mutual understanding that like they're either all in or not in at all. So like it's yeah. full commitment sort of thing. Um, yeah, is what I yeah. can see from documentaries. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, mm-hmm. and I thought I'd end off with one last fun fact with the danger of this turning into a rabbit hole, talking about one of your other favorite runners. Uh, Cause I've realized that we talk about running more than regular people. We talk about running a fair bit because it's something yeah. we both like. And now that I think about it, like, I have you and one other friend that I talk with running a lot about, but that's it's kind of you two. Regardless, did you know that Jakob was the youngest pacemaker in Kipchoge's two-hour marathon event? I did know that, yes. Yeah, you did know that. I thought that was really yeah. cool because he would have it's been like cool. 19 at the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that whole, that whole two-hour marathon thing was nuts because you actually stopped 
you were going for a run yourself and then yeah. paused mid-run to watch Kipchoge finish the Tokyo Marathon, didn't you? Yeah, Nathan um, <laughs> Nathan video chatted me and like streamed the thing. It was Nathan and Jane in like the senior common room at Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Because uh, I, was, I was wondering how you were watching it on your phone whilst running, but that makes a yeah. lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Mm. That was that was a great challenge. Like two hours. That's that's nuts. Yeah, that's 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 insane. That's all right. In a that's few nuts. years' time, Celine, because you're going to run a marathon soon. Um, well, we'll I don't you- know yet. I have some news about it. It's I'm unsure if I can get a place because they capped the uh, number of participants because of COVID. Like they're definitely running it but um because covid is pretty stable at the moment in hong kong but um they're not sure how many people can join so i don't know if i can get a place oh ah, surely just like book quickly yeah i'll try but i feel like a lot of people will be doing that yeah that i'll get well, my mom and dad to help <laughs> we all have our fingers crossed for you that you'll get to run that marathon thank um, you yeah. all righty celine we're almost out of time today but I did throw another bit of responsibility onto you and I left you in charge of the weekly word, which is a segment that Josh and I have started since midway through this season. So the, yeah. typically the way we go about it is the person who's done the research introduces the word and the other person has to guess the meaning and they have to guess the spelling um, okay. of the word. So do you want to chuck me the word that you've come up with? Okay. The word I have is weenus. <laughs> <laughs> so for context, Celine actually had a different word originally, but she accidentally told me what it was. And I was like, no, you can't tell me what it is. And you didn't so she tell was like, me not to tell you. <laughs> yeah, which is like 100% on me. And she was like, nah, I've got another one. And then I think, didn't you say that um, you'd pr- I'd probably know it? But you just yeah. found it hilarious as a kid. Yeah. Uh, I definitely know what a weenus is. Uh, yeah. I feel like a weenus is a very common well-known word. But okay. I do I do like that we that we are now gonna have the week like in the caption for this episode, it will say <laughs> the weekly word weenus. Uh, <laughs> weenus is your it's like that bit of your elbow, right? Yeah, it's like the extra skin from your elbow. Do you know what the language of origin of weenus is? Uh, absolutely not, no. <laughs> because, yeah, I, I might get you to look that up, because I now have to guess the spelling of weenus. Do you know the spelling? Yeah, I do. Okay, because this is genuinely, um, I've, I've, the last two ones that I've done with Josh, like, I've been pretty confident on the spelling. I have yeah. no clue how to spell weenus. I'm going to start with the W. Mm-hmm. W, E. Yeah. I N U S. No, you got that wrong. Oh, how do you spell it? So apparently there's two accepted spellings. It's W E N I S. So you added an yeah. extra I there. Um, yeah. or it's W E E N I S. Ah, so it's 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 penis but weenus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's the language of origin for weenus? Because it, because these things. I don't actually know. It doesn't actually say. It just says. um, It just said. It says. um, It's unknown. The exact origins of weenus and vagina are unknown. They likely originated Mm. as children's or adolescent slangs by the 1990s. So it's. So it's like internet. Yeah, it's internet slang. Oh, I thought it was an accepted word. I'm pretty sure I read it from a dictionary. Ah. I was in primary school when I saw this. When when it, when it, as in like I was just reading about it on dictionary.com. It's in the slang section of dictionary.com. And then oh. it can also yeah, be spelled W E E N U S is another yeah. way to spell it according to Merriam yeah. website. I was, this is, this is really funny because like I was, I was so excited, interested to see what 
because you're someone who studies linguistics like you know you do you've got you're someone who is exposed to high caliber language and you go with weenus as your word of the week i mean why not it's you know great <laughs> it's it's a great it's a fantastic word it is and you know we do encourage our listeners to make sure that they use the weekly word uh in their next week so i hope all our <laughs> listeners out there all the listeners of White Noise, make sure to say weenus at some point in the next seven days. <laughs> oh, oh, wow, what a what a what a note to end things on. Thank you very much for joining me, Celine. Uh, no problem. You have done me a huge you've you've done Josh a huge favor, I suppose, by by filling in for him. Yeah, and, Josh, you owe me first Alavira, <laughs> now this. <laughs> Do we want to tell the aloe vera story? I reckon we'll we'll leave, leave that, that for, for another time. We'll leave that for another time. All right. I've been Blacker. This has been Celine, who's been an absolutely ripper co-host with me for this week. And we'll catch you next week on White Noise. Bye.